As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Score! Alex Ovechkin still going strong, overpowering at 600. Score! Backstrom has tied it. Totally fired. Rebound doorstep. It's in. Save made by Braden The Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. Well, this is something a little new for us, which means the Capitals season is coming up quickly. This is what we are calling a pop-up podcast. Pop-up podcast. Off the schedule. Not planned. We had something good and we want to share it. I'm Rob Carl and this is the Capitals Talk podcast. I'm here with Ryan Billy. It is Thursday September 27th, and we just had a sit-down with Cap's assistant coach, Blaine Forsyth, and it was really cool. We're going to release these on social media uh, over the next couple of days and weeks here. Um, we went back and found six of the biggest goals on the Cap's cup run, and Blaine, who is... Uh, Foz, as we like. The- Foz is his nickname, Foz. which he said just has stuck with him forever. Just it makes Forsyth. Sense. But I thought like maybe there was like something there. Nope, just Boz. Just Boz. We sat down with him for six of the biggest goals. The Eller goal to win it. The DSP goal to tie it in game five. Ovi scored a power play goal in that game. Ovi's goal a minute and change into the Tampa game seven. Um, what else? Was a double overtimer. That saved it in game three in Columbus. And, and then who Kuzi's. could forget Kuzi's goal? And it, so we, it was basically like a, a, a film session with an assistant coach. And I thought he was so good at giving us some depth of the hows and the whys of each of those goals. I'm always amazed about the retention coaches have when you, you know, it went viral a few weeks ago when Sean McVay could tell you from the Rams, could tell you every single play. This is Sean McVay's time in Washington. Oh, no. So we're bringing it back to 2015, week seven, Bucks at Skins. Yep. Second and seven on the Tampa Bay 24, 58 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Jamison Crowder wheel route down the right sideline. <laughs> Jamison Crowder wheel route down the right sideline. Set up the first down, and then how did that drive end? Jordan Reed touchdown and a four-by-one individual ISO slant. And what meme was that game? You to- like that. It was almost the same kind of thing where we would show him the play, and he would say, yeah, you know, the cool thing about this was what Wilson did before this, and he – could draw it up and he knew exactly, you know, he has, they're all, it's amazing how they all have it imprinted in their head. Right. And even like when we talked about game seven against Tampa and that quick start that really was like a knockout punch early in game seven. And he was like, yeah, but we played the best game in game six. 
And yeah. that carryover took us into Game 7. I remember they weren't talking. Tampa wasn't talking on the island. Like, we already had them beat from Game 6. So there's so much That's there's cool layers. that kind of led us into that sort of mindset where he was saying, yeah, you know, we peek over at the opposing you know, bench and kind of can as tell. Coaches, as like, coaches, we look at body language, and we knew, especially when Ovi scored that goal, like, ooh, we got him because that body, their body language told them that that was a team that was in, in trouble. And, and it's funny, too, because I, I said that. I was like, you know, when, when we were up in the press box, they scored that goal. We all just sat down. I think I actually sent a tweet or something about how I didn't even open my pretzels yet, and that became a big thing in the Stanley Cup. It was like, don't touch your pretzels yet. Right. Because, you know, they were so quick into that game. And I said, did you think, oh, we got, like, we got them. We're, they're done. And he was like, no. <laughs> you know, like assistant coaches, even though they're looking for all those little things, we got fifty eight minutes and forty two seconds now to still hold on to this thing. Like they can't, but I think ever let that go. But he, yeah, you can tell I, you the signs were there, right, right. And I, I just thought it was, um, you know, you always wonder when you do something like this, are they going to play along or is this just going to be a bother to them? And I think he was really happy to kind of get into the nuts and bolts of each big play and and how they happen. I think you, we could have asked any one of the assistant coaches to break down the play, and they could have told us about you know, the strategy and, and, and how they, you know, how they run their power play or how they forecheck. And, you know, it would have been hockey talk. And that stuff is still great. Uh, what he added, which I didn't expect, was sort of the human touch to it. You know, the, the, the very cool, and you'll have to watch and look out for these, but he had some very cool human elements to each of these things that really sort of added a layer of, of just cool. To right, the experience. The experience, right. Yeah. And then there's one we'll give away that was, I think we both thought was the, you know, most interesting was the the DSP goal that ties game five. So they're down a goal. There's midway through the third period. And as he said, he's the six on five guy. So he's preparing for what's going to happen if we have to pull our goalie and and go for the tie. And then he, he tells us this great. Yeah, no. And he says, you know, I'm at the board dying, diagramming plays, trying to figure out what we're going to do six on five. And DSP scores, and he never saw it. He never saw the <laughs> Live, goal happen. he never saw it. And the place goes crazy, or, you know, the bench goes nuts, and he looks up at Trotz and goes, what, what just happened? What did I miss? And Trotz like, we, we scored a goal. <laughs> oh, okay. And, uh, no, I can't wait to look for the video of that because he said that people were busting his chops that he missed He missed the DSP goal right. because he was doing his job. Because he was doing his job, and that's yeah. in the moment. Yep. He's got a job to do. But, uh, yeah, so really great stuff. So we'll we'll release those. You know, in the next upcoming days and weeks. And yeah, I mean, there's the six season. of them. I would say the next three, you know, throughout the next month at least, you know. And, you know, we'll try to, you know, I'm sure for the Pittsburgh game, we'll release the when he diagrams the koozie goal. And we have Vegas. The That'll week be on our pregame show. Yeah, we'll have Vegas the week after and we'll release the Vegas goals. And, and, yeah, we'll release these as we go. And it'll be a fun little look back as, you know, we can't, I don't think anyone can get enough of looking back at that run. No, so that's Blaine Forsyth. And thanks to him and uh, Sergey the Caps PR guy, for setting that up. and uh, But it started, I sat down with him for a couple of quick questions about just what his experience was like. Because we talked to all the different players, which we released in our last Capitals Talk podcast, 14 different guys talking about their experiences with the Stanley Cup and realizing their dreams since they were little kids. Same thing for the coaches, the head coach, the assistant coaches. So here is Caps assistant, Blaine Forsythe. Columbus series, you go down 0-2, you come back, but I'm like, all right, they're better than Columbus. Pittsburgh was the big hill to get over. Tampa was a scary team, so you're always wondering how this is going to go. 
So really all the way through that, I don't know that I ever felt, okay, the Caps are going to do this. I think game two of the Stanley Cup, and you guys won that game, I was like, oh, they're better than Vegas. They're going to win the Stanley This is really going to happen. When did it dawn on you, oh, my God, we might actually pull this thing off? Probably when I saw the guys pile on the ice <laughs> the, the last, whatever it was, minute and a half, and the clock stopped. It was agonizing at that point. But, um, you know, we felt really good the way we played. Even in game one, we knew we were a bit rusty from the layoff, and defensively we weren't as sharp as we had been, and, and we thought we were good enough to win that game. And then the way we kind of played in game two, and then when Holtz made that save and kind of locked it down, you could see the bench just had that sense of calmness that we had in the previous th uh, three rounds that we were going to find a way to win that game. And then once, once we got home, you just felt the energy in the, in the city, and, and you try to block that out as much as you can throughout the playoffs, but it was impossible because it was, it was everywhere. And then um, just the way we played at home, you could just you could tell, or we, we had hoped you could tell that, that we were really dialed in in that situation. And going back there, not knowing what to expect, and then seeing all those red jerseys in, in the crowd in Vegas for game five, I guess they all sold their tickets or whatever, but uh, it was a good feeling going to that game. And, and there was never a doubt, even the second period intermission being down. And we knew we just had to make that next play, and that was our, our thought process throughout the playoffs and uh, find a way to get it done. So someone shared on social media just recently, they must have been right behind the boards taking video and just seeing you know, as the team goes to celebrate and that moment of the coaches just hugging each other. Yeah. Did it even dawn on you, like, what's happening, or are you just so delirious at that moment that <laughs> it doesn't make sense yet? Uh, obviously, we've all watched other Stanley Cup finals, and I remember, I think it was the Jersey LA series from at least five or six years ago when I think that, or, uh, the Kings were up four or five, six, nothing, whatever it was. It was, it was, it was a blowout type situation. So you had that time to kind of prepare yourself for what was going to happen, but just with us being down going into the third and then coming back with the two big goals. And, and when Lars scored, you can just feel like we were like, we got this, you know. And obviously, you always think like that, but in that situation, I think there was just that, that level of calmness on the bench. And then with all that hectic stuff that was happening in the last two minutes, the guys were getting excited, and you can tell them we're trying to pull them back, but trying to keep our excitement in as well and just say, we got to finish it, we got to finish it. And, and uh, like I said, that last minute couldn't have took any longer, but it was, I would love to replay it back as many times as I could. And I'll wrap this up. I know you guys are already planning forward and the season's about to, but we haven't talked to you about this. What were the first thoughts that went through your mind? Was there someone that you thought of? Was there something that you thought of when you went, I just accomplished the thing that I've always wanted to do in my whole life? Yeah. I mean, um, the, the team actually flew all their wives, and a lot of guys had their kids there as well. Um, my little guy's too young, and uh, my wife has to have him in bed at 7 Eastern time, so there's no way he was going to be able to stay up for that game. But I knew she was there. It was just a matter of finding where she was and had an idea where she was and when they were going to come out. But uh, obviously you think of the kids, you think of everyone that's helped you um, as the summer goes by. But in that instant, I thought it was, where's my wife, for sure. All right, let's take a look at some of the big key plays. What I want you to tell us, you know, we can look at a play and think this is the most important thing, but coaches look at it completely yeah. different. So if I'm wrong or if I'm right, let me know sure. and tell well, me what. Yeah. Okay, so first we want to start with a power play yeah. because obviously that's your specialty. This is game five. Vegas had just scored to tie it yeah. up, and this is the OV power play. Looking for something in the middle. Through to Ovechkin, he scores! I look at this and I say, well, this is Nicholas Baxter. Yeah doing what maybe two or three or four people in the world can do, yeah. giving it to Ovi, who can do 
what no one else in the world yeah, can do. Sure. Is there anything else on this play, the setup, the evolution of the play, that you look at and what jumps out to you? Uh, the biggest thing is we adjust, adjusted our positioning a little bit throughout this, um, this series and we knew um, the forward that typically played tight to Ovi on the top, he had to shift back and forth. So when the puck goes to Nick in this situation, Nick was going to have time because they did pressure up ice, but in the zone they started to get really collapsed in their box and it was going to take a shot from the perimeter or a rebound situation to, to create that opportunity. So again, you can see Kuznetsov, if you stop it there, it's typically on the goal line. So by shifting him at the net front, knowing that they were really collapsed, there wasn't going to be a lot of low options. We, we shifted him back and forth between the goal line and the net front, and you can watch he's, his whole purpose there is either to set up a tip for himself or to tie a five-angle and stick up, which created that, that pass for Nick. And, and if you watch that pass from different angles, it's, it's sick. There's it's it, it's, it's, it's not many, better, many more players that can make that play. But now, is that on Kuzi to get that front so spot? Kuzi's just trying to create that lane and create that decision between the defenseman and that, that forward, who's going to take him. And then potentially that could leave Oshi open or Ovi in that situation. And you can see how tight they are. Um, so there's there's not a lot of people, like I said, that can make that pass. But just the subtle adjustment by Osh popping up a little higher and Kuzi going to the net front. Try to create that seam. And you can see John's ready to, to load one at the top if needed um, in that situation. So, like I said, it's a great pass. But uh, we, we try to play that cat-mouse game with him as much as possible. But when you're diagramming a play, does it make it a lot easier when you go, oh, I've got 19, 92, 77, yeah. 8, 74? It's, it's just a matter of finding the right read to get the, the person that's open at the right time to puck. So, and luckily in that situation was number eight, and he was not going to make a mistake in that, in that situation. But uh, they have four guys, we have five. So it's just a matter of time of uh, making, making the right read and getting the puck to the right guy. Okay, the next goal obviously is going to be a big goal for you guys is game five later in this game. It's the cup clinching goal. 7.40 to go. Puck in front. Connolly with a chance. They score! They score! The puck on a rebound for Lars Eller! And, you know, we talked, I said to Lars, like 50 years from now when they're showing an NBC promo, mm -hmm. you're going to see Lars doing this. Yeah. You know, that, like, these are signature moments. Yeah. In, in the history of the Stanley Cup. Is that pretty amazing to think that the Caps and you guys are now a part of that? Yeah, I mean, and the, the funny thing for me is, as you guys know Lars, he's a real quiet, reserved guy. So when he celebrated like that, and he's, he's a real well-liked guy in our room, uh, the guys obviously always get excited when he scores, but for him to make that reaction really told a lot about how much it meant to everybody to be on the ice in that situation. So here's the play. I mean, it looks to me like Lars does a great yeah. job pressuring right there, kind yeah. of jumps this whole play. So I think if I remember correctly, it started back in the neutral zone even with Kempney. He made a, made a great play to even advance the puck through the neutral zone and get it in. And then with their breakout structure, the, what, they, what they tried to do a lot was either turn plays up the strong side, and that's pretty much a textbook forecheck as far as Connolly getting off the wall back to that scoring area, which we always talk in the middle of the ice. And, and going to the net and you know, getting pucks and playing winning races. If you watch again, Lars is behind the net right now. Now he's, his, his whole thought process is to get to the net as quick as possible and win his race. And obviously it's a lucky bounce, but it's created by that forecheck and, and Brett Conley getting to that right area. Obviously a great class pass by Berkey as well, but just that commitment to get to that area to score in the playoffs is something we maybe not didn't have as much of in the previous years, and we talked about that all season as winning those races. Kano said that I just shot the puck as hard as I possibly could yeah. and hope for the best in that situation. Yeah, and ironically, I think Kano scored two goals throughout the season 
in pretty much that same area in late game situations to get us a tie, and then we ended up winning in overtime. But he's got an unbelievable release, and, and to get get puck you know, the puck off from different angles, and you can see it's a great pass. And his whole thought process is to get it off as quick as he can. And then luckily it laid there, and Lars went to the net. He could have stood behind the net and saw what happened, but he went to the net and. and there was a loose puck there and he was able to bang it in. Right. We've all been saying for years, you need those dirty, greasy, ugly, yeah. get to the net goals. Yeah, there's that's how you win the cup. There's the one before was a, a perfect pass and a perfect shot, and that one's just a hard working goal to get into the right area to score. So the one before is DSP's goal. Down in front a shot and a score! And it's Devontae Smith Pelly on a save at a left point. DSP saving a day. We're tied at three. Really just shifted because at that point yeah. you're thinking, okay, Vegas might take this one. There's still time after this. Yeah. And then DSP, I don't know how this guy does it. Like it was unbelievable. Here's a guy who yeah. muddles through a season and had a terrible training camp mm-hmm. last year. He admits it. Mm-hmm. But there's something about what is it about guys that just know how to be big in big moments? It's. I think it becomes a mental thing for a lot of these guys that their their willingness to do whatever it takes to win, and. Um, he, he he scored, and some of the goals he scored were fantastic plays from other guys, but some great finishes by him too. And um, the way he elevated his game, like it was pretty automatic. It almost felt like oh, he hasn't scored yet. It's third period, <laughs> right. you know. But but if you think about it, I think the Tampa series he had uh, one or two goals late in games that extended our lead or, or stuff like that. So just his knack to score timely goals was huge. And um, in this situation, funny story, I was. I do our six on five stuff, and this was, I usually typically get it arranged about uh, after the 10 minute TV timeout, so I was on the board right now, what we were gonna do, our plan, the face off stuff for our six on five in case we got to that situation where we had to get the goalie out. So I did not see this goal <laughs> live, I did not see this goal. And my wife and I were watching, I think they had the CBC feed, the Canadian feed on the NHL network, and they showed a, a shot of our bench, and there's me drawn on the board, and I look up and I say to Trotsy, what the hell just happened? And he's like, we just scored. So I didn't see this goal. Obviously, I've seen it plenty of times now. But it starts with Brooks Orpik here. I think he keeps his puck alive yep. offensively. And, and Stevenson again, pressuring. There's that extra bump by Stevie. And then there was a little communication with their coverage coming out of the corner. And they both duplicated on the, on the top guy. And Devo just snuck behind. Obviously, it's a skill play for a big man to take the puck off a skate like that and, and bat in the rebound. But Stevie goes here, forces that play up the wall. Brooksy makes a great play to keep it in and just get it in that scoring area. And, Winter races, that's what it's all about, and obviously that was a huge goal. How big is that for a guy like Stevenson? Because so many young guys, and Alan and I always talk about that, if you're not scoring, yeah. you don't think you're helping. For sure. But this is a, that support right there creates the goal that ties the yeah, game. Yeah, 100%, 100%. We always want, in the offensive uh, zone, we always want two guys around the puck, and one phrase we use is second man races a lot, and that's one of them. There's a loose puck sort of there, and he at least commits to getting a body on that guy, forcing a quick play and it's always the next play. It might not mean anything at the time when it went up the wall, but five seconds later, you can see what happens. And how Brooks Orpik, and what a playoff he had, but you're just happy for a guy like yeah. that who does everything right well, to have a playoff like that too. I think it was game two when he scored um, off the rush. First ever Caps Stanley yeah. Cup game-winning goal, Brooks Orpik. Brooks Orpik, who has not scored a goal since February 26th, 2016. That is the span of 181 regular season games plus 20 in the postseason. I would say that I don't know if the bench has ever been more excited. I mean, obviously you win games in overtime, whatever, there's excitement, but when guys score a goal like that, that 
when a guy like that scores a goal, the guys the guys enjoy that. That's awesome. Okay, so now we'll go to the next goal, which obviously before we get to Lars Eller or anything, this is the biggest goal in the history of the Caps franchise. <laughs> the Koozie goal to knock out yep. Pittsburgh in game six. He's getting coming down the middle, a shot, and it comes in over, he scores! He scores! It's getting Kuznets off! Again, to us, it's the back check. It's Ovi yeah. getting back on defense to create. What jumps out at you about this play? I think our neutral zone four check structure. We we put a, a huge emphasis on this in that in this series. Uh, we knew with the skill they had and the speed they had, if they were able to enter with speed through the neutral zone, um, it was going to make it tough on on us. So we made a, a big adjustment um, going into the series and, and switched our positioning, backed everything off a little bit to kind of force them to dump more pucks and relied on our, our guys to go back and break them out. And we knew there was some other skilled guys that were gonna try to make that extra play to get in the zone. And when this puck is moved up to Crosby, here, he, he's, it's maybe not a great pass, but we know he's trying to go lateral. So our structure allowed us to transition that. And like we always talk about, we want to half-ice teams as much as we can. If we have an opportunity to transition the other way as quick as possible from our neutral zone, and that's what we want to do. And great play by O, great play by Kuz, reading that the space was there. And I think in this, he had a partial break in the series against uh, Murray. He went back and five hole, the same type of idea. Um, and what about just, can we go back, can we go back to the start of this play where Ovi is, yeah. you know, eight yeah. years ago, 10 years ago, would he have been committed to be there? Like how important yeah. is it for this guy to be in the right spot right yeah, now. Yeah, for sure. That's that's our structure. That's our we call it a one one three. It's no secret. Teams know it. Um, but we lock the right side with our right guy or whoever that F three high of the zone is and it's OV in the situation. That's the, the why we like to play this style of game, you know, versus the tip, typical one two two trap teams that don't have a lot of speed in transition. But if you could see now once this puck gets broken up, you watch how quickly we're able to turn north right away, and then o, o comes over to support through the middle. Puck ends up on his tape, and he lets Kuz do the rest. What's this moment like when you just realize, oh my God? Oh, that's the biggest joke with my buddies and my family is for a guy that doesn't show a ton of emotion, I was pretty excited for that goal. <laughs> there's a good bench shot of me jumping into Todd's arms and basically saying, what the hell just happened? Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, 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 I think everyone felt that same way, but. Yeah. Allen always talks about the game on April 1st. Third straight Metropolitan Division title for the Washington Capitals. And tonight they defeat the defending Stanley Cup champions led by Philip Grubauer by a count of 3-1. to one. When you guys went there, yeah. actually Grubauer started. Yeah. But it felt like there was something different about either the structure or the buy-in of the team. Yeah. But it was in that building. Was there something about that April 1st that changed about this team? You know, I, I felt like there was changes throughout the year that happened different games and, and that was one of them and, and thinking back now I think that was a big discussion with our staff of you know potentially if we were going to start Grubauer you know uh, which we ended up doing that we wanted to see him in that situation which we knew it was going to be a, a close game I think at the time we were both kind of jockeying for that top spot um, as well so we knew it was a big game um, based on the standings and, and to put Gruby in that spot and then the guys just reacted you know I think at that point we we were up, I think, at the time in the standings, and we were just like, "This is we're going to take take control of this." And the commitment level was high, right from you could tell in the morning that it was almost a playoff type atmosphere um, within the room, within the morning skate, and uh, we've had a lot of heartbreak in that building. And you know, it was it was nice to win it in that building in Game Six, but it, it it does have a lot of I guess a lot of credence to go back to that game and think about it because it, it felt it felt right that time when we played them.
So the next goal, it's funny because we could have all been home in early May. You're down 0-2 to Columbus. Yeah. You go to their building. You make the goalie change. But without this goal from Lars Eller... Quick shot, save, rebound, they score! The Washington Capitals are back in the series. They win it 3-2. to two. Nine minutes in the double overtime. You're down 0-3, forget yeah. it. We're all, we're all getting, you know, making our vacation plans. Right. Uh, the outlet here, Orbic juice to get it up the ice. Yeah. What else jumps out at you about this play? Um, the fact that I honestly, just thinking back to this game, I think the first two games we played probably better than we did in this third right. game. And, and just the way Holtz came in and, and just kind of shut the door and, and gave us a chance to keep us going. But we knew Columbus was an aggressive four-checking team, so if you could see right away, there's always two guys in your face. We, we talked about getting above them. They make a poor line change, so now we're able to, to create that three-on-two. And that's a great shot by, by Conley. And then again, it's just, it's not a pretty goal, but it's Lars going to the right area. The puck ends up, I think, hitting a, a shin pad to him and goes in the back of the net. So the biggest thing with that was just the transition from defense to offense, knowing they were going to be aggressive and trying to use that against them and, and getting above them. And fortunately for us, they made a, a not a great line change that we wouldn't be happy with. And uh, we were able to isolate some numbers up the ice. And, you know, lucky bounce basically gets us back in the series. and. Game four, we played a great game and, and got it all square again. But uh, like you said, this easily could, this game easily could have been zero three, and us uh, wondering what to, to do with our next move. How about Lars? I mean, here's here's a guy who's not really known as a, mm-hmm. a mucker and a grinder, yeah. but he's again this is the first time getting himself in the right position yeah. to win a game for you guys. Well, and the ironic thing about that is the the morning of we had the, we met at the plane, we didn't skate, and I, my wife and I went for breakfast in a, a, a local place here, and Lars and his wife Julie were there. And, Julie came over and said, we'll come back. We'll come back in the series. And sure enough, there's large score in the, the OT goal in game three to get us back in the series. So real cool story. And uh, I think that kind of lifted the, lifted a little bit of the monkey off our back and, and kind of allowed us to breathe, at least for the the next couple of days, and, and allow us to get our game back. And just having Holtz back in there, I think, uh, really helped our group get going again. Good to see Juice also make that. Like, that's a big moment for yeah. him to not... <laughs> screw up that play in that no. moment. I mean, he, he really no, starts that break. No, that's the biggest thing. You can go to any of these games, and everyone talks about, you know, Nick and Noah and all these guys, Osh, John Carlson, but it, it was amazing how at, at some point in a however many game we play playoff uh, uh, year that guys like Juice have to make an impact, or, or Steve-O, like you said, or uh, Devo. Like it, it, it was someone different almost every night. And then when the big guys needed to the big goal to get us going in different games like game seven in Tampa you know they were there but everyone on on this group and not even the guys that were on the ice in game five uh, that played a game in game six in Pittsburgh uh, had an impact of us of us winning so it was a it was a total team team effort for sure yeah, yeah I don't know how many people would have predicted Nathan Walker to Alex Chase on to get a big <laughs> no, goal in that, yeah, that sure. Pittsburgh uh, no. game so you, I mean, you're good at this obviously because our next play game seven in Tampa and it's the OV goal. He scores! One minute and two seconds into game seven! Amazing thing about this goal, you know, like you said, you you had your head down for the Devo goal. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone even sat down in their chairs no. yet in no. this goal, in this game, which is everything's riding on this game. That guy getting that yeah. goal at that moment couldn't have been any sure. bigger. And I, I think, and I talk to everyone that talks to me about our whole playoff run game six of this series was probably my favorite game as far as the way we played I think we were extremely physical 
and we were not going to be denied in that game. And I truly believe that game set us up for this game. And you could just tell, and as coaches, you try to gauge their bench, where's their energy, are their heads hanging, and look for little things that you can use to, to help with our guys. And, and, you know, obviously game seven on the road, a lot of blue, um, and that for us to get going like this and look at their bench, and instantly they sank. And I, I truly believe that we wore them out in the game before in game six. And to get a start like this, to get us going, just kind of kept us rolling from, from the momentum we created in the game before. When you guys make a decision to put Tom Wilson on a skill line, a top line like this, and this is exactly his fight to win these pucks and, yeah. and create this is everything and you want. If you even back it up further, he actually tracked that player from probably 10 feet behind to create that opportunity to, to break up that puck. And again, that's, that's what we talked about with the Kuzi goal and that quick transition out of the neutral zone and obviously it's a great play by, by Kuz and um, Vasilevsky's a phenomenal goal. He's one of the better goalies in the league and the only way to beat him is to beat him with quick lateral plays and obviously the transition there and then Kuz opening up, selling that little fake to buy Ovi enough time to get the one-timer off. Uh, it's, a, it's an incredible goal, incredible shot from, from all different angles but uh, it all started again in neutral and force. Yeah, so at that point, a minute into that game, do you look and go, we got this no, <laughs> I wish. Because I, mean, I felt, because we felt yeah. that way watching. Like, and yeah. honestly, when, like I said, you could see their bench and you could feel their energy. You know, there there wasn't a lot of talk on the ice from their guys, even with each other, and they just seemed a little bit off and worn down. And uh, even talking to the people that saw them leave um, the building from Game Six, they were they were tired and beat up. And I think it carried over, but. Um, Every game sets up the next game, win or lose. So you can you can create momentum or you can disrupt momentum as quick as, as it comes. So um, I still believe that game six set, set us up for this start, and obviously we kept rolling from that point. Kuzi could have very easily won. He could have been the MVP. Yeah. I mean, he was so dominant at mm -hmm. times. But I, I love the fact that Ovi got the consmite because he earned it. I mean, yeah. He played his ass off this whole way, and he yeah. was the leader you needed him for to sure. be. Do you feel like this was the final validation of this guy's career? I feel like it. I mean, obviously there's a lot more to come and hopefully more situations like this where he has an opportunity to play or we have an opportunity to play for these types of uh, scenarios and for him to win these trophies and us to win these trophies. But uh, I think just the amount of, I'm not going to say abuse, it's a harsh word, but the amount it's of... It's kind of a fair uh, word, though. He's taken a lot. He's taken a lot, and um, he's showed up and played, and I think the biggest point he made, I'm just done that, the Pittsburgh goal was he was committed to playing structurally the game that we needed to play to win the team game, which he has at times, but I think his tendency to, to, to go to the offensive side was, was lessened. And the good thing about it is he, he played the right way and it still translated in him scoring big goals, getting points, um, and playing his, his best hockey that I've ever seen him play. I've seen I've been here for the 60 plus goal seasons, I've been here for the 50 goal seasons, but he's blocking shots, he's still scoring goals, he's doing everything right. And I think everyone probably would would say that Kuzi maybe should have won, but there was no denying that it was still the right choice, that, that Obi, all, all of what he's went through, us as a team it went through, he's not the only one. Um, you can think of guys like Nick, um, Holtz, the guys, Johnny Carlson, the guys that have been here for a long time to go through that and couldn't, couldn't have finished any, any better. You know, it's neat to hear these guys because you know, we watch them, especially the coaches, because they're so dialed in. Players, you see the emotion, you know, of a game, and there's moments when they're smiling, and there's moments when they're, you know, fighting or whatever it is. These coaches are, you know, there's very little yeah, <laughs> emotion you right. see, especially from Blaine. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. but to hear him talk about this experience and, and, um, you know, what it meant to him and him searching for his wife and the crowd. Like there's, there's the, the, the personal experience. There's the big picture experience. It's, I, I just, this whole thing, this whole process of covering this team, do it has been so fun and interesting to watch and to hear all the different stories. It's amazing too, because them winning affected everybody almost the same way. And it didn't matter what, what the personality was. You could be as gregarious as a Kuznetsov or as an Ovi, or you could be a sort of more introverted, maybe like an Orpic or Holtby, Holtby or, or Blaine Forsythe. But when you hear them talk about that night and what the summer meant and the day that they got with the cup, they all have the same sort of gleam in their eye about what it meant to their family, what it meant to the coaches that coached them and what it meant to the people from the hometowns that they're from and, and just what that day meant. And it, it's all the same and it's all just nothing but pure pride and joy. And it's, it's awesome. Yeah, and, and even talking with him as we we're kind of getting mic'd up, and I, I think his appreciation, because Blaine's been here a long time. Yeah. I mean, he's been through multiple coaches. Like, he knows where all the dead bodies are buried. I mean, he has survived through a lot of this. So, like he said, he was there for Ovi's 60-goal seasons and his 50-goal seasons, and he thought this was Ovi's best year and deserved the con Smythe, as did Kuzi. Either one of them could have won it. But I think he, as we were getting mic'd up, and he was like, the way we did it, with not as much attention on us, no one thought we could do it, and there were highs and lows. I think, like Matt Niskanen, I think the process, as you'd imagine for a coach, but I think the process of how they went about it and how they developed into a Stanley Cup winning team, I think he appreciates that. I think, it, I think for them it's just as rewarding, is that the work that they put in and how they did it was as rewarding and as big a part of the pride that they get from it as just winning the damn thing anyway, you know, and, and, and that's cool to see. I mean, it's, it's, I'm sure for them, there was a plan in place and, you know, for those guys, they spend countless hours, the coaches that is in the summers putting together, how they're going to put, how do they, how are they going to practice? How are they going to strategize, you know, the systems and, the, and, and how they're going to play certain teams? There's a lot, a lot of work that goes into it. And I, I, I got to think, I mean, can you imagine that, all that work. It worked. It worked. <laughs> it worked. Holy moly, Holy it worked. It worked. <laughs> Everything we thought about. Coming from a guy who plans a lot of stuff that doesn't work and, <laughs> right. like, never, like, I don't know what that feeling feels like. I can only imagine and sort of, like, gleam off of other people who are more successful than me. So it's nice to be in a room with him. Like, wow, good for you, man. It worked. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then it's funny because I said this to you and Joe B. watching practice today. It's amazing what uh, winning a Stanley Cup does for how you view a team. Right, I mean, last year, this time, the year before that, the year before that, the year before that, you look at this team and go, "Oh, for God's sakes, when is this, when is this team going to figure it out?" And you know, everyone seems a little tight. I'm out there at practice today. I'm like, "Look at those bunch of Stanley Cup champions yeah, out there!" Right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, smiles, every drill man. looks, you know, like I trust that guy's going to do the right thing now. It's just it, everything about the way you view the Caps franchise now changed. No doubt about it. Now that's going to change once they lose a game. Right, right, all or two or three right. in a row at some point. That's right. all gonna, you know. But for right now, we still have about a week left of just going. Ah, they're, 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 they're the they're unblemished the champs. champs. The unblemished champs. They're still perfect record. Um, yeah, no. The, and you you could watch practice and say you, you're not gonna be like, man, that guy doesn't look so good. They all look good. They all look everyone good. They're all the champs. champs. Everyone's look doing at a good them. Everyone do. Everyone playing their role yeah, on this team. Right. They know where to go. Hey, uh, real quick, caps capitals talk live podcast recording. Monday, October 1st, Penn Commons. We're going to start around 7 o'clock. It's going to be me and Billy, 
Alan May is going to be there as the big star of the event. Of course, everyone likes to come hear Alan in his brutal honesty. And the great thing now, much like we're just saying, the brutal honesty is that's the best team in the world right now. And until someone takes that title away from them, they are the champs. Alan will be there. Joe B is committed to be there. We're hoping Al Koken, he's trying to work some things out in the schedule. We're hoping he can be there. He's got to talk to a guy about a thing. He's got a, he's he's got a guy about yeah, a yeah. thing. Koken, you know, it runs deep with you, Koken. You never know so. what he's up to. No. Uh, J.J. Regan will be there. Grant Paulson is going to be there as well. So we're all going to be there. I think the big giveaway, is it a signed OV jersey or just an OV jersey, I believe, is going to be like our big raffle giveaway. Sure. Yeah. So we got stuff to give away. Uh, so please tell your friends, come out, Ben Commons. If it's not signed, I'll sign it. That's <laughs> a signed Alex Ovechkin jersey in small right. signed by Ryan <laughs> Billy. Yeah. Still value. We're not, we're not trying, we're not, we're not selling it. So that's good. Yeah, we're just no, going to give it fun. away. Yeah. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully a lot of fans come out to so spread the word. Should be a fun night. I hope so. There'll be beer. <laughs> it's a good start. If nothing else. You'll get drunk. If, right. It'll be beer. So if we don't have a good time, that's, that's our fault. That's our fault. Right. We're if not it, doing it right. Right. We're just going to keep drinking until we have fun. Exactly. So, all right. So hopefully we'll see you out there. Penn Commons starting around 7 o'clock. The whole gang will be there. And, of course, opening night coverage all day long. and all day. Uh, all day. We're on Facebook Live at noon. Noon to 1230 or noon to noon 1? Noon to 1, man. It's an noon hour. So Facebook Live from uh, practice after practice. There'll be Twitter takeovers, I'm told. Twitter takeovers, whatever those are. Alliterative, at least. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what those are. It flows are, off the tongue. It does. Twitter takeover. But, uh, yeah, and then we will be live at 4 o'clock. Red, red carpet red show. Carpet. Yep, red carpet. Then we've got the pre... Uh, the pre- so what are the names of the shows now? Caps face-off at 6 o'clock. Caps pregame live at 6.30. We'll run an hour. There'll be a lot of cool stuff in that show. Some really cool guests as well. I'm not giving that away. But now you got to tune in. you got to tune in. But it's going to be pretty. It's a tease rider right there. Someone writes teases. And then the banner gets raised. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Can't wait. Can't get here soon enough again. Hopefully we'll see you out at Penn Commons Monday night, 7 o'clock, for our first ever Capitals Talk live podcast party. So for my good pal, Ryan Billy, I am Rob Carlin. We'll see you then. just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.